Well, good evening. It's uh, just so good to gather together uh, here every time, every year, Christmas time, just to celebrate together as a family. It's so nice to welcome guests. If you're our guest here this evening, you are so, so welcome. I'm uh, going to take maybe 10 minutes max just to kind of tie together a few things of what you've been seeing and what you've been listening to. I, I don't know about you, but I just love the Christmas story. It's, it's filled, you know, and those of us who have the, the nativity set on the mantelpiece at home, the characters, uh, the animals, the drama surrounding it, the drama the surrounding, the long walk that Joseph and pregnant Mary together had on the donkey all the way to this literally obscure place called Bethlehem to have their baby, baby Jesus, whom we celebrate, whom we worship tonight. I just love the story. It's full of so much drama. And it's so good that there's so many facets to it because we can't retell the story. We get together, don't we, every year. And we get to sing the same songs and we get to hear similar readings. And we can only kind of tell the story once. And yet what I love about it is we can take it from a different angle. And I wonder, have you figured it out this evening? Have you figured out the angle of attack? Have you figured it out? Oh, starry night. Oh, starry night. We've been uh, singing tonight. We've seen videos. We have um, heard readings which are surrounding stars. And there was one star in particular, that starry night, which we're going to come on to in a moment. But stars are synonymous with our lives today. Stars are still used by teachers uh, for good work completed by children. Uh, stars are words that we use for our famous people. Stars are used... Uh, to kind of highlight the quality of food or uh, star of a, of a hotel. And then just recently, last week, I don't know if any of you are having withdrawal symptoms, I know we are, as we watched each night um, stars battle it out with Bush Tucker trials, trying to win stars for food for camp with uh, get me out of the jungle and all of that. But uh, the stars that we watched this evening, we heard someone else teaching. His name's Leo, um, Louis Giglio. And uh, he brilliantly compared the earth, the earth that we are currently on right now with 8 billion or so people, human beings living on this small planet, being the size of a golf ball in comparison to the size of the sun, the biggest star in our Milky Way galaxy, this little small portion of the cosmos of which we're a part of. And I don't know about you, but when you see that and you kind of begin, it begins to blow your mind. The sun is but a small, small star in comparison to all of the stars within the universe. He quoted uh, what another one of our readings. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. God speaks and the heavens were made. And he breathes. And the stars are formed. It's absolutely crazy. And it got me thinking. I'm not usually a bit nerdy and liking things like that. But it kind of got me thinking, I wonder how many stars there are. And I, so I Googled it. You know the way you Google stuff these days and it kind of tells you the definitive answer. And once upon a time, this, this guy, uh, his name, I can't pronounce it, but I'll give it a go. Korn Reich. He's some star expert dude. He estimated that in our milky I was going to say uh, Milky Bar, Milky Way galaxy, there are estimated 100 billion stars just in our little bit. And it's known, there's estimated to be 10 trillion galaxies in the universe. 
If you multiply those two figures, that's a big number. We can't really understand it, but it's one followed by 24 zeros of stars estimated in the world that God breathed. We read in uh, a couple of our scriptures there that God made the stars. He breathed them into being and he calls them by name. How much more does he call us by name? Each one of us here in this room, gathered together. He knows each one of us and calls us by name. We celebrate uh, this year the Christmas story again. Emmanuel, God with us. God, Jesus, leaving the safety and the comfort of heaven to come to earth, to dwell amongst us, to be with us. And some of his earlier visitors were what's called the Magi. We know them as the wise men. And we're just going to see a little snippet here. This is Matthew chapter 2, and it's where we pick up the story of where the wise men came to finding Jesus. These were the Magi, the wise men. They came from the east, which means that they weren't Jewish people. They were Gentile people. They were known as foreigners, and they had come on a really long journey. And they'd seen the star, and they'd come to Jerusalem, which is really near to Bethlehem. And they came asking the question, where is the Messiah? Where is the one who's to be born? And Herod kind of gets a bit flat because he's the king there, and he's thinking, king, king of the Jews. He's feeling threatened by this, and he gathers the people that should know, and they're the teachers of the law, the religious people that knew the Old Testament. And they began to unpack the scriptures. Where is he to be born? And they quote Micah, the prophet Micah, and they knew that the place of the birth for the baby Jesus was to be Bethlehem. And so, on instruction, they follow the star, the star which moves 
this guiding light that takes them to this place and beneath the shining of the star, you will find the baby Jesus. And so the magi, the wise men, the stargazers, they go to this place. There's such a contrast in the story. Bethlehem is just this outback kind of village. It's this small unknown place. It wasn't Jerusalem. It was near to Jerusalem, but it was just, it's kind of a lowly kind of place. Jesus, with Mary and Joseph being carried by Mary, it is more likely that Jesus was actually born en route close to Bethlehem, possibly born on the journey, born in the gutter, comes to this place. There's no room in the inn. We know the story. And there they find the stable where the king of kings, the one who breathed the stars, comes humbly, the king humbly, and is visited by the magi. They come bringing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, which signifies royalty, that he was a king. Frankincense, which signifies the priesthood and deity of who he was. And then myrrh, which signifies his death. As I was preparing for this, I, uh, I kind of thought, I'll, I'll uh, dig out some pictures. And uh, there I am, once upon a time. I, I, I know it's slightly embarrassing. In fact, some people I've shown this to have kind of wondered, is that Sam or is that Owen? But uh, that, that, that's me. And uh, I kind of think it's funny because God, God kind of has a sense of humor. He brings me to a country and a nation where words are just pronounced slightly differently. You see, I was the merman. And, and I know that here it's translated as myrrh. So I was the merman. And it's kind, of a, it's kind of a bit funny that Oriel Clark, the little sweetie beside me, uh, that she was there. I just think, you know, the way primary school was trying to give as many kids parts because I don't see any of the girls kind of mentioned in the text. But Oriel, bless her, wherever she is, she was my maiden beside me. Wasn't that sweet? So back to the story. I just love it that the people that visited Jesus, the people that are in the nativity set up on the mantelpiece, the shepherds, the stinky ones who looked after sheep, the lowest of the low. They were the first to get in on the act. They got there. I don't know what they brought him. And then the magi, the foreigners, the non-Jews, the outsiders, they were the ones. I don't know about you folks who have had the privilege and the honor of having children. But I remember when we had our kids, that the people that came to visit us, they were the people that we knew. They were the, our family and our close friends, and they were the ones that came to the hospital and celebrated with us. And yet this is the King of kings and the Lord of lords who steps from heaven to earth, and the lowly shepherds are the ones who come, and the foreigners following a star come from the east. We watched another video there, the wrapping paper video, as we saw the teddy bear um, being restored Folks, we were born to shine like the stars. We were created in the image of God that we might shine like stars, that we might resonate the beauty and the majesty of God who is with us, in us, to a broken, hurting world. And yet, sadly, in our broken, hurting world, there are things that happen to us and there are things that we do ourselves. 
And it's the things called uh, sin that kind of gets in on our lives. It's what creates shame. It's what prevents us from really entering into relationship with God. When Jesus grew up to be a, a grown man, he didn't hang out with the religious folks. He didn't spend time with the ones who had it all together. He spent time with the leper, the tax collector, the outcasts of society, those that really needed healing and really needed wellness and wholeness. And this Christmas, like every Christmas, the story is the same and the message is the same, that Jesus steps into our brokenness, into our lives, that we might come into the light, that we might let the light of Christ shine upon us. I've seen it in my own life and I've seen it in many other people's lives, people I know and love and I've journeyed with for years and years, that they have allowed the person of Jesus come into their life and shine his light in them, get free, set free, filled with his love, filled with his grace, that we might go and make a difference in the world around us. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them, human beings that you should care for them, yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. The psalmist who wrote that looks at the work of God, looks up at the moon and the stars and gazes upon them. Oh, my word. He compares them with us, mere mortals. Why should you think of us? Why should you care for us? Yet you made us only just slightly below the creator himself. We are made in his image. We are born to shine. And we are crowned with glory and honor. My interpretation of those verses set in our culture and our context is, you're a wee star, so you are. You're a wee star, so you are. And our hope and our prayer this Christmas is that we would all know that. And we would all know the person of Jesus, who we celebrate this evening and every Christmas time. I'm going to pray, and then the guy's going to lead us in our last song. And then you're all invited to tea and coffee and mulled punch and loads of treats. And uh, folks uh, from Carrick Vineyard, I wonder if we could let our guests, and if you've brought someone with you, if they could kind of go first, that would be really uh, polite of us and really good. But let us, let us pray. The guys will lead us. God, thank you that you step from heaven to earth to show us how much you care, show us how much you love us. We say yes to your goodness and your love. Amen. Let's stand.
Let's all join together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above you, heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 Merry Christmas, everyone.